May 5, 2021. It's what for Pedro Show.
Pedro Show. Happy Wednesday. Start with John Coltrane, Derek Dolphy, Robin Copenhagen, 1961. I think uh, Reggie Workman on the bass of Jimmy Garrison. But Coy Tyner and Elvin Jones joining them for Naima. And then Benjamin Jane, Broken Fables. Uh, people, I'm, Brother Matt, at the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point, a couple set miles south. Still quite in quarantino mode, but not totally man alone because those software engineers at Stony Island Skype Invention, I got. Benjamin Jane. Welcome aboard. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, 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 should I say Benjamin Jane or should I say Ben Wright? Uh, you could, well, I mean, if you're talking about the band, you could say Benjamin Jane. You know, um, it's, uh, that's a combination of my name and my sister's name. Um, and since this is a collaboration, we figured we'd just combine our names. Okay, so uh, I should, I can call you Ben right now, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Ben. Uh, I just checking, just checking. It's beautiful stuff you sent me, and uh, I want to uh, check out your journey through music. Let's go as far back as you can remember. Bring, bring your earliest recollect recollection. All right. Uh, Reg regard music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My earliest memory of music would have been um, uh, nineteen eighty four. 
Um, I was four years old, and Purple Rain had just come out, and um, I'm the youngest of six. Uh, the, you're so, talking about the movie or the record? The record. Okay. Yeah, so that's 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 my youngest memory of music. My older sibling, one of my sisters, got that record, um, and I was a you know, little four-year-old listening to that spin. Did you ever see the movie? I don't think I did. Okay, there's a lady in there, a character, uh, kind of showbiz name, Apollonia. But she's actually uh, Patty Cotero. She went to the same high school I did here in Pedro, maybe a year or two behind me. Oh, okay. Just a little factoid. So, four yeah. years old. But those things can have big consequence, you know. You never know. <laughs> yeah. In wh Where was this where you grew up? Uh, I grew up in Pennsylvania. It was about 45 minutes west of Philadelphia. Okay. Um, was there a... Real small town. In the pad you grew up, was there music instruments? Yeah, absolutely. All, all over the place. Oh, yep. wow. So the family was musical. Yeah, it's, it goes back, um, you know, as, as far back as the individuals that I've met in my family. My, you know, my grandparents, my uh, grandfather played uh, trombone and back in the day, like the big band, traveling big bands. Yeah, the bone, bass clef. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. the big bands. You know, I was reading about 1939, there was 30,000 fucking big bands touring the U.S. Is that right? Can you believe the competition? <laughs> Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People say it's rough now. but That's a small city. But anyway, so so uh, was there, uh, did you jump on any of those instruments, young? Yeah, I did. Um, uh, we had a piano in the house, and... Um, it's hard not to go towards a piano when you're a kid because it's really percussive and you can just, you know, give it a whack and it makes some, you know, make some noise. <laughs> uh, so that's the first one I remember really getting into. And were you assigned some lesson? Yeah, well, well, my mom actually was a piano teacher. So she was your teacher? Yeah, she taught me for a while when I was a kid. Now, uh, she now, taught how, how was the experience? Because guests on the show, it can be everything from okay to like, ah, this almost made me want to quit music. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was absolutely fine. No, it, she was great. I mean, I don't, you know, I have two kids myself, and I don't, they want to be musicians too, and I've showed them a little bit, but I don't think I could teach them. I don't think I have the patience for my own kids, and I don't think they have the patience for me. Um, but, uh, and then my mom is great. You know, like it, it did, there was no problem there. Um, I can relate. You know, the, when I was uh, more younger, uh, I ended up teaching a few women how to drive manual shift transmission because their fathers or brothers could not handle it. No, no, pa <laughs> no patience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I had maybe it's the kind of bass player politics or something you, you got to make it fit right you got to make it work <laughs> uh, yeah. so so what about what about school Do, were you in the choir the marching band or shit like that uh yeah i was in everything i could get into music wise um i started uh fourth grade in our elementary school they let you pick an instrument so i picked um snare drum i think it was and did that for like a year or two before i kind of fell out of favor with that one and went to saxophone um and then I played saxophone in the concert band uh, up until we could you know, expand to jazz band. And then I did jazz band, concert band, and I did chorus for a little while. We're talking uh, alto? Yeah. Uh, yeah, alto. Okay. And, and so you learn how to read and shit, right? 
Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe you did that with your mom. When I was five. Yeah. The yeah. piano. Yeah. Right. That, that's yeah. that's a, you know, you never know what an asset that is until you're less younger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's good to have it pounded in your fucking head. That's yeah. that's why I think. What was the first record, uh, Ben? You bought with your own money. Um, it was The Cure Standing on the Beach. And what was the first gig you went and saw? Grateful Dead. Uh, 1992, March of, I think it was March of 1992, with Spectrum, Philadelphia. Big show, right? Damn. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. your first my, gig. My, yeah, my sister who's, oh man, she's got to be maybe eight years older than me, nine years older than me. Uh, she took me, and my mom, thank God, she let me go. And uh, I remember when I was, I was in sixth grade and my favorite Grateful Dead song at that time was Boxerine and they opened with it man I was blown away it was just great now was your sister a spinner was she a spinner no no because <laughs> <laughs> no. I'd never been to a gig but I heard about that they'll have an area or they did have an area for spinners yeah <laughs> <laughs> no she was far from it she okay. was just doing me a favor I mean, there's like <laughs> dervishes do that. I mean, it's you know, it's more than Grateful Dead things, but it's, it's something. It's something to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> blown away. So, uh, what about guitar? You finally get on that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now how'd that happen? Uh, let's see here. Well, I guess two ways. My dad was a guitar player. Ah, okay. Um, and he is a guitar. Well, I mean, he at this point he has it in the closet. He pulls it out when I visit him, you know, once a year, just to kind of uh, do a little round and. Uh, whatnot, but uh, he played in uh, a couple bands in college and recorded a few records. Um, so he had them around, and I saw him noodling here and there. But um, and then he—I I don't remember. I'm pretty sure the first time I got a guitar was my mom married. They, my parents divorced when I was like two, and she remarried this uh, the music director at the school that she was working at. Um, she was teaching at, and then so he. And he was a blues player, a blues guitar player, and he gigged every week, and he had a bunch of guitars, and he knew that I had a big interest. So he said, if you learn how to play this lick, uh, you know, in so many, you know, a couple of days or whatever it was, I'll give you, the, you know, I'll give you this guitar. And I did, and he gave me my first guitar, and it was um, a silver tone, you know, what is it, Sears silver tone guitars? Silver tone, well, Dan Electro, right, but then silver tone when they made them for Sears. And I, yeah, call, so I call that yeah. a fucking bargain, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it's one of those that had the uh, the amplifier built into the right, case. Right, right in just, the case, yeah. yeah. But just for learning a lick, that's good. Th You're going to have to do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember what the lick was? I don't okay. know. I, right. I think it was just some basic blues riff that, you know, he was, you know, probably something in E with a, <laughs> a, little, a, you know, a little pentatonic move, you know, right. probably something like that. Right, okay. I want to play Silent Mind. Go for it. Okay. Sense, intention, seek, sound, sense. 
Teach me the difference between shit and shits. If you want me sour, you want me sour, you better call me now.
six hours just alone, just lay in that bed and get something back, some kind of juice. Just being away from people is one of the most marvelous fulfillments a man like me can have.
Pedro show that chunk of music started with Benjamin Jane doing Silent Mind. Then we had uh, Puppet Midnight, and this is the title, people. Puppets run the circus, but the ringmaster knows the score. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way it's all bass, too. Brand new SLWCC Watt, the shits from their real manic time. Brand new album. Super Freak after that from Italy, My Lady the Frog. Vamos Prendon out of the D.C. area with Rendered from the Past. Tommy Dahill 
from uh, Alaska with K-N-I-F sharp, E sharp. Get it? It's kind of an acronym for knife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Ramon Moro Quartet, great trumpet man out of Italy with uh, Love's Uncertainty. I just want to be left the fuck alone from Deep in the Woods, 66. That's Tommy O'Sullivan in Dublin with uh, kind of a personal sentiment. And then finally, Benjamin Jane, the illusory fair. And, uh, yeah, spelled like we do, which is the confusing way. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, back back to your journey. What about, now I'm not talking after school, like graduate, but like in the afternoon, do you do the garage band, basement band, bedroom band trip with your buddies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My first band was a punk band, and... um... Uh, I guess I was probably in seventh or eighth, probably eighth grade. I was in a, a punk band. I was playing the, I, I can't remember if I was playing the bass or the guitar on that one. Oh, you jumped on the bass too. How'd that happen? Yeah. Uh, you know, you just played what was, you know, what was around. That's how we grew up. Everybody. There was a bass in the pad too. The, oh, oh, you mean some of your buddies had a bass. Yeah, uh, some of my buddies had a bass, and then um, you know some places we hung out just had instruments that were just lying around. You picked up what what was available. So, um, what'd you think, man? It was a real, did yeah, you it was think, a real did, did you think, uh, community. Yeah, but what'd you think about the bass? Did you think it was trippy having these big fucking strings? Uh, I was, it was a transition, but I dug it. I still I still dig it. Okay. Yeah, I love playing the bass. I played the bass in a few bands in my life. Oh wow! Okay. And, is if somebody you know unknown to music asks you the difference, what would you say between that and the guitar? Uh, that's a good question. Well, I the way I, the way I play it is completely different. Um, ah, well, that's good enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then also you're doing a lot of um, uh, you know counterpoint. You're doing a lot of um, like linear movements with the bass walking through scales you know right so, um, so composition that that's yeah. interesting that's the carol way carol k approach because some people oh it's just licks right they say bass lines mm-hmm. but she says no man you're doing arpeggios of chords yeah yeah that's interesting that you picked up on that that's great i think it's it's good to know both you know why not yeah it's all fucking vocabulary right uh, yeah, absolutely. So, so this first band you were in, did they do, was it just practice band or did you do gigs? It was just in the basement. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now were you like copying songs off records or were you trying to write new material? No, we did all of our own stuff. Ah, great. Yeah, that's bitching. So I love that. Yeah. You know, it seems after the seventies there was a lot more of that shit. When me and D Boom were growing up, there was none of that. And you just covers right and say you did your own thing? Nobody wrote their own songs. No one <laughs> thought of music as expression. It was more like building models, you know, copying <laughs> the dude. I think it was uh, part of arena rock, you know. You're at yeah. those gigs. It ain't like a club where you could, hey, I could be there, you know. It's, it's just different. It's just, so uh, what band were you in that actually first did a gig? Uh, let's see here. That would be... Probably, and the names were not the best. Uh, that's my Achilles heel names of bands. It was called uh, Great Society. Oh, okay. 
That's optimistic. <laughs> Especially for kids and shit. That's <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, and so, what was the first gig like? I'm trying to remember the first gig. To be, uh, I, okay. So, I guess the first gig would have been. Now I'm I'm trying to you know my facts may be a little bit off of what, you know with a gig or two, but I think it was. Um, friend of mine would throw these parties and um he was a bit older than me a small town so we knew everybody and he was like 25 and i was probably like 15 and he would throw these parties and he'd set this huge stage in the backyard and and uh have over 100 people and wow. so it was either like one of his one of his summer shows or one of his winter shows where it was in the basement um i thought it might have been one of the first shows we ever did you know what? Summer yeah. is kind of sweaty in Pennsylvania. It was probably... Yeah. <laughs> yeah it is. <laughs> On the humid level, it's it's up there with Florida. <laughs> yeah, my my brother's... Uh, he was in a punk rock band, too, and, and their name uh, aptly describes the summers down there. They were called Swamp Ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, terrible. It could be 70 degrees and you're dying. Right? So, mm -hmm. So... Uh, was the gig a success? I mean, they didn't throw shit. Yeah, no, it was fine. It, it okay. was definitely a success. I think the first one was in the basement, and we were, uh, I think we just went for it, man. I think I was a silly uh, uh, kid on the, you know, just loving life and, and playing a gig and, and high on it. And, and I think I did a guitar solo with my teeth, and yeah, it was just ridiculous. <laughs> Jimmy! <laughs> I, I got Pennsylvania Jimmy story a little more. Uh, Charles Bukowski's wife lives in Pedrosville. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and she, she's from Philly. And she told me she smoked a Lenio with Jimmy. She oh. was really young. It was before she came to Cali. But yeah, Linda Bukowski. Yeah, I love his books, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he spent his last 14 years here. He liked, he liked Pedro. Yeah, good. Uh, so, so, okay. What, what about recording? Did you get into that shit, like getting a four-track cassette? Yeah, we, uh, so we had... A bunch of different ways to do it. I had a guitar teacher who had, you know, old tape. Um, uh, I forget what you call it, but it was um, wide tape, probably an inch, inch and a half tape. I forget what that, that format was called. And we did some recording at his place during my lessons. Uh, I'd bring my songs over and he'd lay it down for me. And then we, uh, um, what was the other stuff? We had, um, what do we have? I guess we had some of the old... What was it was 808s and things like that, and we had a bunch oh, yeah. of gear like that, uh, and did some digital, had some digital devices. Um, I don't remember exactly what they, what they were, but we had a, a few different mediums, a few different types. Yeah, but so. it wasn't just you playing from. He was teaching you too. What's that? I mean, it wasn't just you like playing your music and him recording. Was he showing you how he was recording you and shit like that? Were you learning off of him? No, my teacher didn't teach me uh, like recording tricks. He just he actually ran the show for me, and I just recorded. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but then after, but then on our own, we you know, with uh, my friends, we had a couple different ways to record, and one of them was you know, uh, four track. It was definitely a four track, uh, pretty straightforward. Um, you know, maybe four or eight inputs, and uh, we'd just mic up a room and we'd record, uh, you know, jam sessions or or whatever. Right, like gig um, in front of the microphones. Did you ever use it yeah. yourself, man alone, to like build tunes, sound on sound? 
Yeah, yeah. My, I did a solo record in tw- when I was 22. Um, and yeah, I did that. I did all the tracks myself and build on, you know, build on top of everything I was doing. And that's how I do a lot of it now, too. Yeah, right. yeah, but your beginnings was right then. Oh, okay, that's that's great. Yeah, yeah. So you've been doing it a while. Yeah, 20, 25 years, 20 yeah. years. Yeah, well, you know, I'm finding more and more music cats are learning how to record themselves. The, 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 the gulf in between recording and recorders is getting smaller. And the, the gear's getting yep. more econo, too, you know, uh, way more affordable. Yeah, I mean, it's great to, you know, it's a mixed bag. It's great to have that ability to do it at home, and the quality is pretty solid, but then also it means you're pinching out a lot of these really cool recording studios yeah. that aren't able to compete with those, yeah. you know, econo costs. Yeah, but, you're right. Yeah, Like most things human, there's a couple sides to it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, that's the reality on the dealio. But, but you know, it's all vocabulary. If you're learning the skills, skills are skills, right? And so I, yeah. I'm glad you got it. And, I, and I'm, I am running into more and more people that can do that. Us Minutemen were so afraid. In the older days, or more older days, it was like, yeah, there was, there was a huger gulf. So it was like, yeah. well, I don't want to fuck it up, so let them handle it. But yeah. Now, yeah okay, so you, you yeah. made a whole album in your early 20s? Yeah, I mean, well, I'm... With the band, we made one when we were. The first one we did was when I was seventeen or eighteen, and then my solo one when I was about twenty-two. Uh, I did well. I did an EP when I was nineteen and to twenty, and then an LP when I was about twenty-two. Wow, yeah, that's great. I was twenty-two when we started the minute, man. <laughs> Is that right? Well, you did. Yeah. You did a lot more with that than I did with my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah, it's just the way things work. <laughs> Don't worry. You, you. I gotta tell you, why you were a part of my, uh, my, my, uh, my soup, my music soup when I was growing up. Okay, guilty. You were in my collection, man. You, you and uh, okay, guilty you know, as charged. And uh, yeah, yeah, guilty as charged. Look right at the end of the first hour, May five. Happy Cinco de Mayo, people. Twenty twenty one dish. Watt Peter, so special guest Ben Wright. Hold tight for hour two. May 5, 2021, it's the second hour of the Lot from Pedro Show.
strong winds and thick air. Will the sky open up to the rains even care? Dark skies, I wish you'd come my way again. Dark skies, I wish you'd come my way again. Dark skies, I think that I understand. Cause I think that I understand Dark skies I think I am
descend down from above Rain to soothe aching ground Descend down from above Rain is pouring down Descend down from above The thirsty roots buried deep Descend down from above The garden that you used to keep Since you've been gone Your garden lies untended Weeds are overgrown The fences all need Thank you. 
Scott for Pedro Show. We start off the second hour with uh, Benjamin Jane doing Dark Skies. Ben Salter out of Tasmania after that with Improvisation. Luca Sabella out of Sydney, not in my area. Uh, Dexter Ro- uh, Rob Weber duo. He's uh, had a band, Flat Duo Jets, a great band. And this is good too. Roll on. Flies on you with In and Out. I guess like the burger. They ain't got those back east, right? In and out's a west. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, Benjamin, these towels just soak the grease out of the pe- French fries. Uh, Benjamin no, no. Jane finally after that with set <laughs> down from above you. It's essential synology. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, tell me, how, how did Benjamin Jane get going? You and your sister. Sisters, like eight years is big when you're kids. Oh, so I have five sisters, and she's um, four blood, you know, blood sisters in one step. But my the one I did this record with is the youngest of the girls, so she's actually only three and a half years older than me or so. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, how do we get how do we get going? Um, yeah. She lives over in Barcelona, and she's been there since '99, I guess. Um, and we we just realized, you know, we kind of were struggling to. Uh, we were playing phone tag and trying to find, you know, we're struggling to connect with one another because I'm, yeah, I'm running, I, I have a career here and I'm pretty busy with work and I got kids and then the time difference is pretty big. And so, um, we just came up with the idea of, well, you know, let's just make some tunes together and that'll give us, you know, every other Sunday or every Sunday, well, it's our excuse to ensure that at one o'clock, you know, we, we book time and we talk and say, you know, what, how's, how's that part going? What are you working on? Et cetera. Um, so really it was just about us, uh, making music and talking on the phone. Um, can you remember and, the first uh, uh, tune you guys did together? Boxing gloves, boxing gloves. And like who, who went first? Well, she brought it to the table. She'd okay. already written that one and she didn't, she wanted me to, um, she's been kind of pushing the, the, uh, the work she wanted me to sing and do kind of the instrumentation um more than than she was doing and so she brought that on the table and it was about we lost our stepfather like two years before we started working on this record and then that song was about his you know her feelings about his passing away it was like a song about grief so she brought that and said you know i'd love for you to do that one um that was the first one we did and, and when she brings, she brought lyrics or she brought a melody? Does she make a demo? I mean, how does that work? That one, she brought the, the whole, basically, the, yeah, she had the lyrics, she had the melody, she had the, the whole know, enchilada. The <laughs> yeah, she, and she, I think she may have had like a, a rough recording of it and sent it to me via email. Yeah. And then I just redid the whole thing. And did she, she ends up playing on that version that you create? Yeah, she, well, she, uh, she did backup vocals. She did um, miscellaneous per- percussion in the background, and um, there's a little intro, like um, some sort of stringed instrument that's in the intro that she did. I forget what it was. Um, yeah, yeah, she was a part of that one too. Like a Barcelona instrument. <laughs> I don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of good people making music out of that town. It's a Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah! Really, really interesting place. I, I know a couple. Of cats. I know some cats from Chile who moved there and uh, set up a studio and mastering house and all. And a lot of stuff happening out of there. Huh. So, so okay. So, 
so you're saying once a week would be the phone call and like, how you doing on yeah. what I last sent you? Are you ready for more stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, it would be a video. We would do like a video chat and uh, yeah, just catch up on where we, where we were on the music and where we were personally. And yeah, it was just we'd hang out for an hour or two hours on the phone. And um, if we were feeling productive, we would we would get into that about you know we'd work on what needs to be done or what we, you know what we were excited about. Um, and if we were not feeling it, we would just talk about how the week was. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now the album. Was there a big picture of it, or was it going to be just a collection of tunes, you know, piece by piece? Yeah, no, it wasn't. There was no big picture. There was no plan to release anything. We had zero intention of... Oh, really? You weren't even planning <laughs> yeah. on releasing it? Oh, okay. No. Uh-uh. Wow, that's was, a trip. Like, yeah, like, it was absolutely just an, just her and I um, just getting together and creating work, you know, and talking and, and, uh, and making music. That was, that's all the intention was. And, um, um, yeah, they just started, I don't know when it was that we were just, we kind of sat back and we heard a couple tunes and we're, I think I, you know, I just realized we weren't really, we weren't embarrassed by it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I want to play all will wash away. Good. Doesn't matter what you think It'll be broken Down Doesn't matter what you say Truth will be spoken Oh, oh, oh. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to John Scully on the drums, electronics, all that jazz dance. Is that Rebecca Yodi out there? Hello! Hello!
from Pico Show. All will wash away. Benjamin Jane. Then D-U-M-E with Flight Risk. And Duodecimal System. I think that's uh, Brother Alk out of Providence. And D- Duodecimal System from Cleveland. It Only Hurts. And finally, The Sky Has Fallen. Benjamin Jane. So the, su- the t- tunes are kind of connected because... It- well, it's this idea of long distance connect through music, but it like each episode of that is its own little world. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to assume, so I'm I'm asking you. Each episode of each call that we had, or each tune. Uh, yeah, yeah, but no, because sometimes the calls didn't really result in tunes, right? Oh, right, right, right. But sometimes yeah. it was like fuck it. <laughs> Just go talk about the week, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so like it was blank slate once, one like all, all will wash away. Like that motherfucker's washed away. Now we're on to the sky is falling. Well, we kind of it wasn't once done and, and over. It was uh, we actually some of them would come together pretty quick, um, and other ones would take a while. You know, because the way we did it. Was because we had this guy Drew that was involved too, uh, Drew Skinner. Yeah, and uh, and he was involved in doing production and some of the instrumentation too. So it would sometimes it would take us, you know, months to get one tune together. So it, we'd be kind of uh, uh, leapfrogging from song to song at times, oh, depending okay. on what need to get. Yeah, so depending like, on need to get done and who was working on what. Like there was parallel universes going on. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah. different planets around the sun. Yeah, and Drew, he, he gave you guys some kind of perspective, some outside force for the trees trip. Uh, he, I'd say he pulled it together a bit. Yeah, he, uh, um, he definitely brings an element that uh, I think makes you know that really helps launch it a bit. Um, you know, he comes from the electronic background, and you know, he listens to, uh, you know, he's big into. Um, Amon, it was Amon Tobin and Aphex Twins and uh, Boards of Canada, and so he, he has a lot of electronic background. So that those elements were brought in by him, and it, it really kind of uh, mixed interestingly with what we were doing acoustically. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, it me it sounds to me like music is music. You don't give a goddamn about you, you know. It, everything's meant to aid and abet the tune, so you don't care about yeah. the genre shit. Yeah. Because I noticed, and, and I think it just shows more open-mindedness to people, so you don't have to get so hung up on that shit. Yep. You know, uh, yeah. why can't it be a guy with electronics with a guy with acoustic guitar? Why not? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. And for us, it just works. For us, it just works. I mean, we just, it works for us. We've, we've loved what we've been doing, you know, what comes out of what we do. Yeah, so. yeah. There's some people when they're talking, they got to give name. You know, this is you know, it's it's really funny. Some of these uh, subdivisions of hardcore, a power violence. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, power violence. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> you know, d- versus dirge, versus crust, versus. You know. <laughs> I had no idea that those nuances existed until last year, and I was blown away. You know. Well, they'd be in the back of the ma- Maximum Rock and Roll, right, in the reviews. <laughs> so, And I love to- Tim Yohannan, but some of that got a little over the top. And, and then it happened in electronic, too. I remember asking Pear, I was helping out the Porno for Pyro guys, and what's, yeah. the, what's the difference between chill wave and, and dubstep, Jer- Pear? And he says, Mike, it's the, the BPM. 
if he eats per minute, huh? Yeah, right. And I was like, damn. <laughs> okay. Slow rock, medium rock. Yeah, man. yeah, right, fast right, rock, right, fast right. rock. That, yeah. It gets trippy <laughs> like that, man. Look, we're at the end of the second hour, uh, May 5, 2021 edition of Pedro Show. Special guest, Ben Wright. Hold tight for hour three. May 5, 2021. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. Cut flowers in a broken vase. Water seeping all over the place. Long stems, heavy with grace. Crimson slowly fades.
te vienen a contar cositas malas de mí Manda a todos a volar y diles que yo no fui Yo te aseguro que yo no fui Son puros cuentos de por ahí Tú me tienes que creer a mí Yo te lo juro que yo no fui Te vienen a contar cositas malas de mí Manda a todos a volar Y diles que yo no fui Todos me dicen por ahí Que tienes que hablar y yo no fui A ti te dicen yo lo vi Tú me tienes que creer a mí Ay mamá que yo no fui Yo que yo no fui, yo te aseguro que yo no fui. Tú tienes cara de pirulí, yo te aseguro que yo no fui. Para que yo no fui Yo te aseguro que yo no fui A ti te dicen y yo lo vi Si te vienen a contar Fritas malas de mí Manda a todos a volar Y diles que yo no fui Todos me dicen por ahí Que tienes cara y yo no fui A ti te dicen y yo lo fui Tú me tienes que creer a mí Once in a while, we do. 
sometimes do. Thank <laughs> you. 
from Pedro Show. We started the third hour off with Shake the Vaults, Benjamin Jane. Then Cheer Accident, Mescalito. Uh, Chicha Libre, Yo No Fui. 
Untitled from Peter Mentality with Patrick Miller, Immortality. It's Tom Smith. Uh, modern Blonde, brand new Candyland theme. And finally, Talking Heads, Benjamin Jane. So who wrote the words? Who, who got Shake the Vaults going? Uh, Amanda. Okay. We're, for example, have we played any yet that you got going first? Yeah. Which yeah. one? Uh, Dark Skies, I wrote. Dark Skies, um, okay. Uh, Talking Heads, I wrote. Uh, All the Wash Away, right. I wrote. We just heard Talking Heads. That's an interesting. Yeah. So, so, so and, and how do you find it? Well, obviously, it's different because you went first. Shit. But, but uh, besides that, the point of you going first is it, it it's just different. It, like it well, uh, expresses different parts of you guys' personalities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now, now, hey, you ate and abet me. I ate and abetted you. Yeah, it's, I guess it's pretty interesting, too, if somebody writes a tune. Like, for example, Shake the Vault, she wrote that one. And originally, it was kind of like a slower kind of jazz waltz, like I was talking about offline. Mm -hmm. And... And then uh, it didn't. It was for our first record, High Low, and it didn't. We couldn't ever get the click. Yeah. And then, and then I just on my own, I just reorchestrated the whole thing, slowed it down, and made it more kind of like a definitely more just kind of a slow rock. Um, I don't know, almost in the vein of like the national kind of approach. Um, just and it, it just worked. You know, so it's, it's neat to take somebody else's work and then see it kind of realized in a different way than they intended it to do. Yeah. So. Like a, a kind of a ballad treatment. Yeah, absolutely. It just shows you, yeah, that. Well, it's the human touch, I think. You know, form is form. But then when the yeah. humans get involved, I think that's when you flesh it out and shit. Yeah. It's really, really kind of interesting. And then the, uh, the other idea, too, that maybe the tune ain't ready yet. So you put it away and you brought it back later. Absolutely. So, yeah, you can't force it. If you're not feeling it, like you said, the human touch, you can't force those emotions, and you got to just wait around until they happen, if they happen at all. Yeah, I think there's a great Motown philo philosophical statement. You can't hurry love. You just have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but, no, the, I think another lesson to be learned there is don't throw shit away because it might come in handy down the road. Absolutely. Now, I, I hear this in John Coulter. I'll hear statements like, in Love Supreme, you hear part of Alabama. And in fact, on the story, right? he even wrote that at the bottom. He said, we quote Alabama. Yeah, and why yeah. not recycle? You know, it's like, well, I'm never going to repeat any of my words. Like, you invent new words every time you speak. Yeah, you end <laughs> up repeating some words, right? Especially some fucking articles, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, 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 here's another good one. Waiting for life. I love this idea, waiting for life. You know, I wrote a song called Life is a Rehearsal. Because obviously, right. there's bullshit. You can't wait. It's on you. <laughs> you know, right? There's no take two. Feeling good Don't tell 
Crested penguin, Portland penguin, and I do. Galapagos penguin, what would you have? What I do? Humboldt penguin, what you want? King penguin, I have got. Crested
Can't you 
from Pedro. Uh, we were just talking about, uh, Ben actually lived downtown LA and I was telling him uh, 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 not too long ago, people didn't live down there that much because it was heavy. And now, you know, about what time when you were here? I moved out there in 2000 and, uh, that's a good question, uh, 2005. Okay, 15, um, 16 years ago. Things were starting yeah. to change and yeah, you know, the 2000s, but like in the older days, 
morals. Yeah, it was, I was down in like uh, we call it the Pallet District. Um, right. Those of us lived down there. Yeah, you know sure. where that is. Absolute, absolute. And that used to be very heavy neighborhood, but things. You know, the only thing that's constant is change. And how long yeah, did yeah, you live yeah. out here? I was just uh, just about three years. Okay, that was enough. <laughs> <laughs> but Pedro here, one thing we do got is uh, happening weather. It's like always spring and fall. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I, I, for me, after three years, I come from the Northeast where it's four seasons. So after yeah, three yeah, years, yeah. I was getting bored. Of, I was getting bored of the beauty, and I, I came back here. And now I'm saying, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, we do got mountains. If you ever, you know, there is some snow about forty miles away. But, but yeah, anyway, we go anyway. hiking on Baldy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right, right, Mammoth, Big Bear. Uh, I got to tell people the last music for this edition we heard, The Waiting for Life, Benjamin Jane. Then Nemus, uh, uh, Nemus from uh, Weistaka. Uh, Glimpse Trio with Kogan. Do, uh, do you waltz what I have got? The Veda Hill. Uh, uh, yeah, she made these songs from fucking ads in Craigslist, you know. Is that right? Get me off. Yeah, it's fucking, what, you got to find source somewhere, right? Uh, zombie <laughs> crash with Halloween 2008 evening star tomorrow the world uh, this is the max single version from groove Phil ratio in fact he big bear he, he mechanic man but doing music on the side up there you know yeah. what was really rough for them was those fires we had about six months ago the the, the pollution from the fires was really yeah. bad up there and then finally theater from Benjamin Jane and theater. It's kind of a good way of describing this record in a trippy way. It's a mind theater for me when yeah. I was listening to it. Yeah, because it conjured lots of imagery for me. You know, it was it, I just love the shit, the shit you evoke with uh, what you and your sister did and, and, and Drew. Uh, Thanks. Ju just the three of you, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. But, but many layers and much development, like you were saying, sometimes... Well, probably sometimes it came together quick, right? And then other times it took, like you said, months. Yeah, well, well like I said offline again, is uh, you know, with uh, "Waiting for Life" was written and recorded first in 06, 2006 out in LA, and then it was shelved, um, and then brought back to life this year. You know, as apropos to like what was going on with the shutdown in the world, and uh, so it was inspired by all that stuff that was going on this year, and, and just was able to finish it up. Like Mr. Uh, Orson Welles said, no wine before it's time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, when you were living for those three years downtown L.A., were you in any bands? Uh, so I was actually working, there's a company called The Do Lab in L.A. Dub Lab? And, um, the Do Lab. Oh, okay, okay. Yep. I, I know they, of Dub uh, Lab, I know of Dub Lab and, uh, with Frosty and that shit. Yeah, no, different. These guys okay. were doing um, event production, and they actually throw a they throw a festival called Lightning in a Bottle. Oh yeah, okay, okay, and that happens out in the desert, right? Yeah, yep. And those are my buddies from high school, uh, actually elementary school. We all grew up together. So, oh uh, damn, yeah, small world. There, Fuck. What's that? That's a small world. Shit. Yeah, yeah. So I did music for the, they had like a theater troupe, like a, kind of a circus and dance. Yeah, uh, right, right. Yeah, so I would do music for that and perform with the, with them, uh, and also do the event uh, production, like do the staging, and then we did a uh, installation at Coachella that I would do with them when I was there. Uh, yeah. So I did a lot of art with them and music, and then um, I would play musician for hire. Um, 
where I could, you know, just get hired to play a gig or whatever. Um, and uh, we had this beyond thing, that, you know, we that? had this thing called the recycler. It was a pink paper that came out on Thursdays and the ads were for free. And that's where everybody bought their shit, their cars, their instruments, and also opportunities to, you know, to gig. Yeah, or whatever, embarrassers. And the ads would <laughs> say, must have own gear, transportation, no flakes. <laughs> like, you know, you call up, like, you know what, can you give me a ride? And can I borrow your amp? And by the way, I'm a flake. <laughs> yeah. I, one time I answered one of those ads because D Boom wouldn't make a punk band with me at first. And I no. jammed, yeah, and went up. It was on San Marco Boulevard in West Hollywood. And we did I Want to Be Your Dog Stooges for three and a half hours. And I told D Boone, he said, okay, I'll make a band with you. So I, I never played with them again. But can you imagine? And we didn't even do the other part. It was just the first part for three and a half hours. Wow. Yeah, but I had never played with anybody besides D. I never answered an ad before. And yeah. So, so you coming out and doing that for three years, that's... That's that's pretty bold. That's pretty bold. Uh, where where can people find you on the internet, Ben? Uh, let's see here. Well, we're on all the normal stuff. Yeah. The suspects. We're um. But do you have your uh, own website? Yeah, we have a website. It's BenjaminJane.com. Okay. Um. So I people, that's B, B E N J A M I N J A N E. No, J A Y N E. dot com. J A Y N E. dot com. Correct. Right. Yeah. Jane from there was a great uh, Swell Maps album in the late seventies called Jane from Occupied Europe. Check huh. it out. Yeah, Swell Maps. Both the brothers who ran that band are now passed away, but uh, Nikki Sudden and uh, Epic Soundtrack. But it's great record. Swell Maps is crazy nice. ass band. Big honor to have you on. When you and your sister make another record, would you come back on the show, Ben? Absolutely, man. Love to be back. Yeah, it'd be beautiful. Okay, keep on, keep it on. All right, man. I appreciate okay. the time. Sure, brother. Uh, May 5, 2021 edition, Wapito Show. Keep your powder dry.